Hello and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galing. And this is our monthly podcast where we explore the celestial landscape, what's happening in the stars. We choose a tarot card to fit the vibe, all with a mind's eye towards inspiration and helping you to lead a more conscious life. So hello, Stephanie. Hello, Megan. Happy May. Is it May? It's hard to know what month it is, (laughs) even what day it is. It is really so strange. Time has been so strange. Like March seemed like it took a decade <laughs> yes. and April seems like it took an hour. <laughs> will be interesting to see how long May. <laughs> exactly in comparison to those. You know, my goodness, it's just so crazy. Um, but we've got a great episode today and we're going to talk about what's happening and we'll start with the astrology. And so the, the theme for May or the kind of the big story for May is we have a Venus retrograde and the Venus retrograde is in the sign of Gemini and it's going to last for a few months. It's going to last into what, June 24th or somewhere in there. So let's, let's dig into that. Let's talk a little bit about what that means having Venus retrograde in Gemini. Sure. So, you know, as we know, we a lot of people think about retrogrades and they first think about Mercury retrograde. Mm. Mercury goes retrograde about three times a year. Venus, on the other hand, goes retrograde every 18 months. So it's not as common. The last time that this occurred was fall of 2018. Mm. So when a planet goes retrograde, it appears to be moving backwards in the sky. And as above and so below, right, as it moves backwards and as it retraces its steps, so should we in the realms related to what that planet represents. So therefore, this is related to Venus. And so the dates also to put those out there is May 12th, to June 24th. That's actually Pacific time. It's actually a day later, um, Eastern time, the 13th of May to the 25th of June. So we retrace our steps and get a different vantage point related to Venus realms. So for you, like when we talk about Venus realms, Miss Libra, like what (laughs) arises for you? Like what are some of the Venus realms that you think about? Well, to me, you know, Venus, you know, first and foremost, what comes to my mind is relationships. You know, Venus is all about how we relate and connect with one another. I think about Venus and Gemini, I think, oh my gosh, it has so much to do with communication. You know, how we communicate, you know, in our relationships. I also, with Venus, think about value. What do we value? So this is going to be interesting because I also want to pull in that whole Gemini context to everything because Gemini is about the mind and the intellect and communication. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in our communication in our relationships and then also about our relationships with what we value and what's really, really important to us. Now, of course, with it going retrograde, it pulls all that energy more inward. And so it gives us more time maybe in the best sense to process or think about things a little bit more deeply, to just kind of like work things 
on a little bit slower rate. Yeah, I think that that's key, right? Giving ourselves permission to go slow, to process more leisurely, because that's the thing with retrograde. It's not going forward. It's not going out into the world. Mm -hmm. You know, as usual, it's that time to step back and be more internal and reflect and reevaluate, you know, reevaluate maybe, you know, what is rich for me in terms of the ways that I like to learn Gemini, or Mm -hmm. I like to communicate. I like to share my message, whether it's with someone directly I'm in relationship with, a friend, a partner, a client, or others, or of course, to the world at large. So it seems like a really good time to like, you know, revamp maybe like communication strategies. Yeah. Um, you know, because with the retrograde, we take a new look at something that we that's already been on our mind or that mm, already that we've right, created. Right. Yeah, that's important. It's not like it's 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 this revisiting. It's like yeah. it's this opportunity to revisit. And and of course we're talking about relationships and communications, but there's also that value piece, right? And maybe in this time is to really be looking at what is my relationship with abundance and what is my relationship with prosperity? And I think we so connect abundance and prosperity to money, of course, right? And certainly, you know, money is and finances are a source of prosperity, but also maybe during this time to really dig in and look at, other means of abundance. Like, you know, are you living your most abundant life? What does that mean to you? When I think about abundance, I think about nature and Mm. I think about, you know, being healthy. (laughs) That helps me to live this abundant life. And I do think about my relationships that feel so abundant or even like, you know, my spiritual process. There's days where I'm like, oh, this is just so abundant. So maybe there's an opportunity in this to look at you know, your relationship with abundance in a different way, a deeper way. When I think that's, I mean, that feels always important always, but especially now, right, where the landscape has changed in terms Mm -hmm. of the economy and people's finances and, you know, what is essential and what is not. And maybe this also this reframing of, you know, what is my value, you know, to, you know, because again of, you know, all the systems have changed, right? And the way that we would declare or maybe be measured by, you know, our worth or our value have been moved around. Maybe this is a time to really go within to say, wait, you know, maybe things in my life have shifted. If I have less clients or something happened with my job or whatever Mm. it may be, how do I reevaluate and reconnect to the core of my gifts, the core of my values Mm -hmm. so that I can recast or re-identify and reclaim what the richness is that I can offer? Yeah, I like that. I like that. And especially so powerful during these times, you know, where we're all reevaluating everything, you know. Totally. I also think in, in, you know, bringing in the sign of Gemini, you know, Gemini is curious. Gemini is the, you know, loves to explore and check out different things and new sources of information and new ways of being. And perhaps, you know, we can cultivate a little bit of that 
adventurous, curious, you know, Gemini energy and, you know, help, let it help us, you know, as we're looking at different ways of connecting. I think that's so important. And also because Venus will be in Gemini for so long, there is that emphasis on that Gemini energy. And I'm with you. Like curiosity <laughs> didn't kill the cat. Curiosity actually may be the thing that like helps us to find the answers and a sense of a mm. deeper level of core and a sense of center to help us in these uncentering times. And yeah. I also think too, with Gemini being the twins to mm. really open to, wow, maybe there's not just one approach. Like maybe there's not just one approach to like getting an answer or find, you know, the way that I feel myself informed. Maybe I need this and that, right? I need to, you know, sort of open myself up to that having variety of input and maybe variety of output you know, may be the way forward. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. And as you're talking about Gemini, the twins, you know, I think that maybe also there's an invitation to, it's okay to change your mind, you yes. know, because Gemini reality is changing moment to moment. And so maybe in all this as well, being curious, permission to try something out, permission to experiment. And then if you don't like it, change your mind. Yeah. It's so good, right? It brings in a certain sort of, I don't know, levity in a way, if you will, yeah. right? Sort of that airy Gemini quality that may feel uplifting. And and again, because it's the retrograde and the planet is moving backwards and retracing landscape that it has already traveled for us as well, right? To pivot, yeah. yes. to turn around, to also see like, you know, the Venus from the past. So maybe relationships from the past will come mm. back, whether they literally like send you an email or they just cut, you know, a dear friend comes to mind for you. Maybe the ways that you communicated in mm. the past, you revisit them to gain more knowledge, more knowledge of like, which pieces of this do I want to carry forward with me? And which pieces do I actually really do want to leave in the past? So I think that that yeah. like reclamation and like refinding some treasures that might have been missed mm. the first time around is always a valuable approach and strategy for navigating and getting the most out of a retrograde phase. Yeah, no, that's that's really good. I love that. The the opportunity to, to reevaluate. And yeah. so as we're talking about this, of course I have to add on another layer. Oh yes. Yes, and throw something else in here because with the Venus retrograde, it's also dancing a bit with Neptune in Pisces. It's forming a square. And we've got dates for you when that's going to be happening. You're better with the dates than I am. But, <laughs> so that adds in a little Neptunian mix to the retrograde, right? So let's talk a little bit about that. First of all, do you want to give us the dates? Yeah. So, and why this is so highlighted, right, is because, you know, we may just be having this one square of Venus and Gemini to Neptune and Pisces, but because Venus will go retrograde, we actually, in a period of three months, get three of these, uh, three right, right. Venus square Neptunes. And those dates are uh, May 3rd, <laughs> still before the retrograde, right, when Venus is like right, dancing right. forward. 
Then on May 20th, we get another visit of this alignment. And then it completes, or the last one, is on July 27th when Venus is now direct. And so it's this almost like we can look at it like this three, first we talk about the themes, but then we can look at it like as a three-part story right. of learning. Right. And you're also, as you're talking about and giving us these dates, I'm like, well, this is going to be going on for a little while. I mean, we're <laughs> going to be in this energy until July or through July. That's, that's significant. Now, of course, on one hand, that gives us more room to play as we're talking about. And also, you know, hopefully at the end of the re- retrograde, you know, there will be like some discovery or, you know, you'll feel like I've been in this learning process. And now I've completed the learning process and I'm really ready to totally maybe even commit to certain things and move forward. So, but I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is going to be happening for a while. So let's talk, let's talk about that Neptune piece. Let's talk about Neptune coming into the Venus retrograde. Yeah. So I like to sort of first talk about the, like, these are the things to be careful about, right? Because then we can like end with the, like, and here's the beauty of it, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. The, beca- the caveats, the cosmic caveats, the if cosmic you will. Oh, I, just made that up. I really like that. Caveat. I, I just love alliteration so much. It's very like Gemini, like yes. the love of alliteration and yes. loving what, knowing what you love about language. Cosmic caveat. Yes. So Venus, as we've talked about, is values and finances and relationships and what's pleasurable and what's beautiful mm-hmm. for you. And so Neptune is this dissolving energy, right? Mm-hmm. And Neptune sort of like once you can think about it as the sea, like the tide comes in, the tide goes out. And so on some level, I feel like there's this, this potentiality, right. For like, you know, relationships, Venus that might feel lost at sea, Neptune, Mm -hmm. which makes so much sense with all this social distancing. And maybe for the beginning, it's like, okay, I can do this and it's a novelty and I'll just, you know, do a weekly zoom call with my family. And this is look at this new way we're communicating. But I do not. I do wonder whether we may collectively, possibly, with this um, Venus Neptune square, like really feel that longing for our relationships and the way that they were, you know, and the way and the and the missing, you know, longing feels very Neptune. So yes, yes. that feels like something that could be up. You know, another thing that could be up. Thinking about finances, right? Is that sense of like, do my finances feel more like they are evaporating or they're being like pulled out to sea? And, you know, that sense of, you know, what that, or what bring, what that, what arise, excuse me, I can't even get the sentence out, what arises in you because of that. I also think the other thing, and then I'm going to turn this back over to you because I feel like I'm talking a little bit too much, but, um, is, um, you know, Ven- I think we have to be very careful with when Venus and Neptune meet to mm. not go into unrealistic expectations or yes. projections yes. on our friends, our lovers, and those we're in a relationship with. Because if we do, we may find ourselves sorely disappointed mm-hmm. by the reality of who that person is, who we are in that relationship, and what that relationship yields. So those are a few, yeah, I think, of the- good. Like, cosmic caveats that I can come up with. What about you? I love, I love the, the, the imagery of being out at sea. I think that's so Neptunian and, you know, I guess I have three words for this and that would be (laughs) wah, 
<laughs> I always say that, you know, Eeyore was either, you know, Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh was either a Pisces or he had Yay. a very significant Neptune in his chart because he's always like, oh, Pooh, I wish it was my birthday. And so with that kind of Neptunian energy, there is that that kind of disillusionment or even like a little victim-y, martyr-y, you know, when's it going to be my turn? Mm. And I think when we're dealing with that Neptune energy, and we'll talk about the beauty of the Neptune energy in a moment, but <laughs> we have to really, like you're saying, be careful of our expectations and be very careful of allowing ourselves to overindulge in that kind of wah-wah energy. Mm-hmm. That is so important. Yeah. That is so important, right? Because it is that sense too. I mean, I feel like the times that we're living in, it's easy to go to so many different emotions, including that, like feeling bad because there's a lot to feel sad about and sorrowful about. But it's like, how do we do that and like honor that sorrow and that sadness without going to like victim martyr, you know, that energy? Very, right. Thank you for bringing that up. That's super important. Right. Well, this is a girl with a moon in Pisces. so <laughs> And I'm a Pisces. Side. So <laughs> we, 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 like, we could write, write the book on this, right? So the wah, wah, wah book. Wah, wah. So let's, but let's, let's talk, talk about, about the good things. <laughs> let's talk about, because Neptune is such a magical, magical planet. And, you know, I think with, you know, Neptune joining in, it's like, maybe there is a, an opportunity there to look at different ways of working with that Neptune energy, which would be, you know, creativity or your spiritual process or music or, you know, like I always think about Neptune. I think about love, you know, Neptune's all about falling in love. And so here we are with Venus is maybe falling in love with yourself in a totally, mm. totally different way, you know, and, and maybe you allow yourself to play with some different creative or spiritual ideas that you wouldn't normally because they don't make it wouldn't make sense or that's not productive. You know, why am I doing watercolors today? Because I want to and it feels mm. good and it's bringing me pleasure and it's helping me to move energy. Oh, I love that. And I love that whole notion again with that retrograde part of it, like doing something you may not have done, right? Like just, um, you know, taking a different tact and, you know, first, right. It feels like also the prescription of these months is like watercolors. (laughs) We should all do watercolors. It's like Venus art and the water of Neptune. And I love what you said about falling in love with ourselves and, you know, the other thing, and, you know, working on our, you know, the appreciation of our intuition and our spiritual practice, you know, turning mm-hmm. to our dreams as guidance mm-hmm. for like what is rich and how we can like really claim a sense of value. And again, just putting that in context of time, right? That sort of three-part story, you know, as May 3rd rolls around, and it doesn't have to be exactly May 3rd, but around that time, you know, see if any of these themes sort of become apparent for you. And then around May 20th, you may get a different perspective Mm. on these related themes. And then it may be that sense of synthesis, like, okay, this is the way that it first appeared. This is this other perspective I got so that when July rolls around or the end of July specifically, there may be this um, 
consolidation or this conclusion, right? Those takeaways yeah. that you you've arrived at related to these themes that then feel more solid, whether solid within yourself or a place to stand from to, you know, cast out and claim your value out in the world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. That's great. All right, so we're going to talk about the the moons, the lunations. Is that right? Luna, luna the lunations, lunations, caveats, lunations. But first, can I do the tarot card for the month? Yeah, please. Okay, so we uh, dug into the minor arcana this month. Usually, we do a card for the major arcana, and actually into the court cards of the minor arcana and what felt really right and resonate uh, was the queen of pentacles. Now the queen of pentacles, she's often, often also called the queen of coins, coins and pentacles and coins and pentacles represent the realm of earth. So they have so much to do with, you know, the physical realm with like, we were talking about money, our relationship with earth, our relationship with our bodies. And they're very much about what is that relationship and, and what are the different levels of connection and what are the different levels of abundance that we may experience now, because of course we've got the queen of pentacles and anytime you see a queen or a king, the idea with that is they have mastered the realm. And so the queen of pentacles has mastered the pentacle realm or the realm of earth. And in most decks she's shown, you know, surrounded by nature and flowers and fruit and, you know, all this beauty that is connected to the earth and nature. And part of her journey is really what we were talking about before is she, her, you know, her queenliness, her wisdom is that she has mastered or learned how to truly, truly connect into that earthly feeling of prosperity and that earthly feeling of richness and abundance. And because she has that, because she's so deeply rooted in that connection, she's able to share it with other people. She's very generous with her gifts because she feels so abundant within her own being. And so the thing I like about the queen of pentacles here is, you know, she really ties into that whole Venus kind of energy and really, you know, that connection to, you know, our relationship with abundance. And also the thing about, you know, in the tarot with pentacles, it also brings in the relationship with your body. Mm. And, you know, and you could think about like your five physical senses, and, you know, are you celebrating your senses and what are you doing to like you, you to celebrate them and maybe even, you know, expand upon them? So I thought she was a lovely, rich kind of Venetian archetype for us this month. Oh, it sounds beautiful. I was thinking too, when you said about like connecting to the senses, right? One, you know, most of the month, the sun is in Taurus, which is so embodied. Right, yeah. And also that's that Venus Neptune might have us yeah. become even more sensitive to sort of mm. the subtle in terms of yes. also like, how do we connect and what is pleasurable to us that we may not have recognized before. So yeah. I love this card as our our beacon or our icon or talus woman for the month. <laughs> talus woman. I love that. Indeed, indeed she is. No, I, she, it's a beautiful card. And just take a moment and just kind of connect into that archetype and see what comes out of it. Cause I think she's, she's lovely. 
Mm. All right. So time for the moon. The moon, time the moon, for- the moon. So yeah. what do we do got you there? You what go. we got? Okay, I'll do the what first we got. one. <laughs> what we got is the first lunation that we have when we say lunations, full moon and new moons, uh, is a full moon on May 7th with the sun's in Taurus and the moon is in Scorpio. Mm, I feel Talk like about connecting to your sense. What's that? Say it again. What they feel like we need sound effects for that. <laughs> exactly. For full moon in Scorpio, right? <laughs> oh my God. Um, <laughs> do you want to make up some of them? Oh, I, I'm not quite sure what it would be, but I, I feel it deserves a full orchestration in some form. Just because when I think about full moons, I think about full moon in Scorpio just because it's so full moony <laughs> you know it's it brings out those all those scorpion themes you know which is your internal darkness and you know you know going within on a very deep level and feeling those deep feelings and connecting in with your spiritual side on deep levels but as scorpio is very aware of scorpio likes to be in control and scorpio likes to know what's happening and so with that full moon i think we're really forced into some of these deeper parts of ourselves in ways that may feel a little bit out of control or may feel a little bit intense. Yes, it's so intense. Always that Scorpio full moon. Yeah. You know, and also thinking about how, I mean, I think about Taurus, right, about the body and the senses and pleasure. And Scorpio is very sultry and sexual, right, and seductive. <laughs> yes. So there is a lot of that, like, embodied. There, there's a sound effect. <laughs> there's a, there you go. <laughs> Wait, do you want to laugh? When you said sound effects, the first sound effect that came to my mind, which also feels very like <laughs> Gemini and Venus, was that scene from when Harry met Sally. Oh, my God. She's like, they're in the restaurant, and she's just like pretending to have like an orgasm. I was like, that's the sound effect. Yes, I'll have one of those, please. Yes, that's perfect. Perfect. Um, So, But it's so, I mean, that Scorpio full moon is always just so amplified, Mm -hmm. right, in terms of like deep emotions or like you said, control or – power like what's hidden and you know with the Taurus yeah. maybe bringing it to the surface and that I always think about it that dance between the seen and the unseen and how they can support each other Ooh, rather yeah. than being adversaries so Ooh, we got yeah. that we got that that first week um and then there's the new moon in Gemini on the 22nd do you want to say anything about that one yeah, you know, I think the new moon is quite happy in Gemini because you think about new moon and new beginnings and Gemini is all about exploring, discovering, curiosity and new forms of information and communication. And so that new moon, that that's a very, um, I feel like a happy new moon. And I think there'll be lots of opportunities to communicate and we might feel like, you know, we're kind of busting out of our little limitations here and are ready to maybe do some things a little bit differently. And new moons always offer the opportunity to let go of the past as well. So I just, when I think about a Gemini new moon, I'm like, well, hot dog, (laughs) hot diggity dog. That sounds like fun. So again, I think the highlights are on communication, education, and that kind of thing. And also just a little shout out um, on that we, on the day after the, the new moon, I am doing a developing your intuition class. So you can go to my website and check that out. But I think the timing is perfect on that. 
Oh my God, the timing is so perfect for you to do it right after the Gemini new moon and right around that Venus Neptune square about intuition. Yes. Mm, I didn't even know what I was doing when I was doing it. There you go. There you go. That's so perfect. Anything else that you think we want to share astrologically or? No, I I just think, you know, I love our discussions, um, you know, about the astrology and the tarot and I learned so much, you know, as we're discussing it. Of course, we think about things before, but so much gets revealed in the discussion. So thank you so much for that, Stephanie. And also, you know, everybody out there, if you would like to be in communication with us, you know, go to sodivine.us and, you know, send us an email. Let us know how you're doing. If there's anything that you want to talk about on our podcast, we would love to hear from you. Yes, for sure. So thank you, Megan. Thank you to our producer, Sebastiano Tecchio, who Mm -hmm. helps us in so many ways to create this and have this move out into the world. So have a great May. Have a fabulous May and um, looking forward to seeing you soon. Bye.